0: So there's a massive amount of insights coming from this. In terms of actual sort of figures, we measure things like net promoter scores. We have an average NPS score of around 73, which, as we all know, is pretty great. And a big one for me is that 41% of people we actually go on to hire actually have used the platform once or more than once. And that's a really big figure to say that this is actually supporting employees to apply to us and attracting them into us and being successful. Getting a role with us. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful.
1: Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization.
0: Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking.
1: A good experience pays dividends down the line.
0: Stereotypes tend to
1: break down in proximity. Welcome, to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone! It's Ben Eubanks, host of We're Only Human, and I'm so glad you're here with us for another amazing conversation with one of the talent and HR leaders that we get to talk to on a regular basis. Today, I'm so excited to have Lisa here with me from Coca-Cola Euro Pacific Partners. We are—we had a chance last year to meet, doing a webinar together jointly, and. I was so excited to hear her share some of the stories, some of the things that they are doing when it comes to interacting with and supporting the candidates that are looking for work at the company. And so I asked her to join me today to talk through some of the things that she's seen over her incredible careers in HR and now a talent leader, but also some of the other things that they're doing. But before we get to some of that, Lisa, welcome. I'm so glad you're here.
0: Oh, thanks. And thanks for that wonderful welcome as well. And really nice to be on this program and hi everyone out there hopefully we can have a really good discussion today and share some of my stories and hopefully inspire some others as well.
1: Absolutely. So before we started recording a minute ago, one of the things you told me is, and I didn't realize it looking at your bio there on LinkedIn, but you spent a lot of time in HR and for whatever reason, in the middle of the pandemic is the moment you switched over into talent acquisition. Talk a little bit about yourself and some of your career and what you do now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I've worked for Kokolui Pacific Partners in various guises for about 18 years now. Prior to that, financial services, again, in human resources. So not just 18 years experience, then it goes way back, way back further than that. What I do at the moment and what I've been doing for the last couple of years is I head up the talent acquisition team. Four GB. I'm part of a global community of talent acquisition practitioners in our organisation, but we're very much integrated with the people and culture function across talents and business partnering. And that's what I used to do before I came into talent acquisition. At this this very interesting time in talent acquisition life.
1: <laughs> if you're going to pick a time to jump in, pick a time when you can't find a person no matter what you do, right? (laughs) no matter how hard we try, it's impossible to find people. There's a shortage everywhere. Oh goodness, it's like trial by fire.
0: I know, and absolutely. And we were talking about this before because me leaping into talent acquisition at that precise time has really tested my ability to think outside the box. I think that's what's made it interesting. I know it's been tough and challenging out there, but hopefully you can talk about some of the things that we've been doing at KOKO Europe Pacific partners around talent today.
1: Absolutely. That's a perfect lead-in. So one of the things that I've heard you talk about before is this program that y'all have where you allow employee champions to interact with candidates during the hiring process, during the process of them going through as a candidate. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that program, what it looks like, just because it was the first time I ever heard anyone really define and describe this in such a way. And I was so excited when you were sharing it, because I'm thinking about the impact this probably has on the candidates and how it feels to be an employee and on the giving side of this, essentially sharing their stories and such. So talk about that a little bit, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah. And I'll go back away, actually, because we call it our Insiders Program, Ben. And it's a program that's made up of some really committed, really passionate employees of ours. So they're real, authentic employees. They're from all over our business, from different functions and different roles, And their job is to, if you like, help our future candidates, potential candidates, maybe candidates who are just looking at a new employer and want to check employers right for them with any questions they have. And that could be about anything that could be very operational, like how many days do you work a week? How many hours do you work? And it could be a lot more deep in terms of what's the values of the organisation, what are some of the things that you stay in the organisation for, what do you get out of being in this organisation. And we know these are all things that candidates really want to get to grips with in choosing the their next organisation, that we're all in competition for candidates in the market. So a real advantage to us and very much in line with our hoping to be more authentic in our branding, which comes from helping to have ambassadors to employees who can actually tell the story as it really is. We don't ask them to tell anything other than the truth and put their personal slant on that.
1: That sounds scary to me a little bit. So how do you yeah. get people over that hump of, well, wait a minute, this is not the scripted. They don't have a template they have to respond to. How do you get leaders comfortable with the idea that these employees are out there speaking, even in some small way, on behalf of the company and what it's like working there.
0: So it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's that trust, isn't it, in the organization, and that trust has to run through the complete culture of the organization. So we do ask for volunteers, so those people who want to put themselves forward and want to Talk about their experience of the organisation. So, you are going to get more engaged employees, perhaps who have a passion for talking about certain topics from the company. We've got a lot of people, for example, who love to talk about how we are building our inclusion and diversity and equity in the organisation and want to be part of that and want to encourage candidates. They may not have thought that they should be working for a large FMCG company to come and work for us. So different passion points. And also we do some training with our employee ambassadors, which is all about storytelling. So it's all about giving the best experience for candidates, giving, you know, some personal stories of your own, bring it to life a little bit, And not having to say everything's absolutely perfect, sometimes having to say, listen, there are challenges, but this is the sort of thing you can do to get support around those challenges, giving the real life situation. That really helps us both in attracting people that perhaps wouldn't have thought that they work for a large FMCG organisation with a very visible name and also helps candidates to see whether it's the right place for them to work as well, which is pretty key.
1: So what does this look like on the candidate side? So are they asking questions? Is this like chat based? Is this, are there videos coming back from the employees? Talk about the format a little bit, because I believe you shared a video of one of the employees answering a question from someone else. I thought that was, as you said, authentic, right? It's their words, literally their words, their voice, their inflection, how they're talking about their own experiences there.
0: Yeah. So originally, we started very much the chat function. So you can put your question in, you can put it anonymously, you can give your name as a candidate. And what we do is we have different profiles for our different insiders. And it gives the opportunity for the candidate to choose who they want to speak to. They might have a personal affiliation to someone, they might be interested in that person's area of work. And that insider then gets that question and can respond through a chat function. And like tell those nice, authentic stories that, that come up through that. And they can also tag in other insiders if they feel that they they aren't the right person to answer that question or they feel like someone else can build on that question. They can also tag other insiders and they can join in the conversation. We really encourage that so that the candidate gets different perspectives from different people. And you're absolutely right. We've just introduced a fantastic video function now where a lot of our employees are on the road. They're in sales. They're perhaps in manufacturing plants. They're not always sat by their PC waiting for questions to come through. One of the functionalities is for them to just do a really simple video giving their response in real time. And we don't want those videos to be anything other than realistic and authentic. They could be sat in their car in exactly the environment that person who's inquiring might be working in. And they can then see the whole 360 of the job as a candidate.
1: I think about that, from their perspective, they can start to see themselves and visualize themselves in that role in the company, right? When they're, some of those other things are there. It reminds me, we did a piece of research a couple of years ago around the kind of content that candidates want to see during the hiring process. Okay, this was probably five, six years ago, and we gave them different choices. And what's interesting to me is we as talent leaders, I'll admit to this, because I have had to approve the budget on this one time, we spend a lot of time and money and energy on getting the very perfect corporate culture video that goes on the careers page, right? We spend all this effort making sure that's polished and beautiful. When we ask candidates, that's at the bottom of the list of what they want to see. At the top of the list is I want to hear from someone else that works there. I want to hear from a hiring manager. I want to hear from someone else that looks like me, sounds like me. I want to understand what it's like in their words. Someone who's not speaking from the company filter, but even if it's not perfectly polished and beautiful, it's just a raw video. As you're talking about here, someone just shooting it on their smartphone. Even that they prefer because they feel like they're getting that the authenticity. We keep coming back to that word, but they feel like it's real, the real truth of what's happening. And even if it's not perfect, no workplace is perfect. I haven't found it yet. Even in spite of that they appreciate knowing the truth so they can make a more informed decision when it comes to applying or not.
0: Absolutely. And we know from research and a lot of research that you've done as well, Ben, that there's far more of an emotional connection to candidates to be able to talk to their peers rather than read a lot of corporate contents on a website. Obviously that helps as well to get to understand the company, but when it comes to real emotional connection and maybe being able to visualize themselves, working for the organization and understanding that the people who work for the organization have some affiliation to them, that's what really helps with our candidate attraction. And like I say, also helping candidates to see whether it's the right place for them, because it's a two-way process, this this whole hiring process.
1: Absolutely. I didn't think about that, but that was one of the reasons we saw in our data last year around ghosting candidates told us the reason that they apply and then kind of disappear is because they find out hey this really wasn't the company for me or the job for me and so sharing those things with them on the very front end helps make sure you don't get two conversations deep and they find out oh wait a minute that's not what I thought it was I'm out so you're helping earlier on to to save and help them screen themselves out and self-select out of the process And like oh wait that's the kind of environment they're working in not really a fit for me that saves everybody
0: some effort in this yeah and it makes sure that the candidates that do apply to us are really engaged with the organization it makes sure that we do we do go through a selection process that they are asking questions to build on what they already know about the organization obviously we retain people and they perform well and they thrive that's the big thing isn't it about being engaged happy and mm-hmm. work and not feeling like you're working in an environment that you don't feel part of and that's a big part of our philosophy at coca pacific partners is to enable people to really feel like they belong but that's through all of our all of our processes and in the organization that inclusive culture
1: absolutely so you've talked about some of these different results kind of anecdotally like we see people that that appreciate the authenticity there. candidates are more satisfied in general right but i've actually seen some of the numbers and the metrics you've shared recently previously and i'd love to hear from you some of those numbers i think the leaders listening in are like okay this sounds interesting but what's the real yeah. impact there so share those if you don't mind
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things probably around this is that one we see that candidates come back time and time again to have a look at our sites and to talk to our insiders, or indeed look at the bank of questions we've got that other insiders, other candidates have asked insiders, so they can really immerse themselves in our culture. So that's one thing is lots of revisits is always a really good sign that people Mm -hmm. are engaged. We also have re-engagements, communications to candidates that we can actually directly engage them with things that we think that they'll be interested in based on what they're actually viewing on the platform. So really good candidate insights there. The third thing is you know actually having those candidate insights, understanding what candidates are interested in, what they're viewing, what they're asking questions about. And actually do we have those things in our organisation? Can we talk more about those things can we bring some of those things out through some of our employee stories on our career portal do we make sure that we market ourselves in that way and also where are we on those things that we know candidates want and how do we actually ensure that candidates and our employees get those things that are important to them so there's a massive amount of insights coming from this in terms of actual sort of figures we measure things like net promoter scores people would rate us as an organization does that actually increase with their interactions with our insiders platform? And it does. We, we have an average NPS score of around 73, which, as we all know, is pretty great. So NPS score, meaning net promoter score, how much more do you, how more positive do you feel about this organisation? Has it actually improved the reputation of this organisation? And a big one for me is that 41% of people we actually go on to hire actually have used the platform once or more than once. And that's a really big, that's a really big figure to say that this is actually supporting employees to apply to us and attracting them into us and being successful in getting a role with us because of all the research they've done.
1: Yes, they become a more informed candidate. I mean, think about that perspective, but they know what they're getting into. They're ready to possibly hit the ground running even more so than yeah. someone who comes in cold without this yeah. sort of uh, sort of prep.
0: And the other thing we do, is, which is really interesting, and I think something we should probably be doing more of, and I'm sure many companies are more doing more of this sort of direct marketing, is we have our insiders hold live chats, not just through the platform, but also we market live chats where we can put out there to say, if you want to speak to someone who's in our field sales teams, if that's something that's really interesting to you as a role... Please come along, please get on the live chats, and you can talk to people directly. And of course, we have multiple chats then. People come onto the platform and the candidates, potential candidates, ask questions of the sales people directly if that's what the live chat is about. And that gives us far more information of people coming through to our processes, that they know the roles, they've asked the questions, really start to visualise themselves in the roles which helps us considerably, not just attracting people, but also making sure it's the right job for people and that they're already prepared when they come through to interview. Yeah.
1: It's like an AMA, ask me anything kind of session. Where ask can... me
0: anything session. Yeah. And you get all sorts of things. Again, you get the very operational right through to the real value driven. What, what's the philosophy on this? What do you do around development? What's all of the things that we know candidates are interested in, 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 in joining a new organization.
1: That's one of the things you said a minute ago that I want to come back to really quickly for everybody listening into this, because that's something I think that's especially important. These conversations that we're talking about are happening already. right? Either the candidate doesn't ask them at all, they're happening in their head, or they're having a conversation with a hiring manager or recruiter one-on-one, and that disappears into the ether. And we can't track it, we don't understand it, we can't report on it, we don't know which what questions come up over and over again because we don't have that sort of clarity across the board. And what I love about what you're talking about here is we can see, hey, we've had 12 candidates in the last two weeks ask about our policy on this. Is there something that's changed or what's going on right now where that's a big priority? Do we need to make sure we have something on the careers page that talks about that to address their issue right up front? Or how else do the hiring managers need to be trained to to address this or whatever else, right? So you start to see what those themes are and can pick up on those and respond to those versus being, Having to recreate the wheel all over again every time when a hire manager gets asked that question, like, oh, what is our philosophy on on this thing? Whatever else is happening, if you're able to actually keep track of that stuff, I think that's a really good call out there. For us in
0: talent acquisition, we know that understanding the market, understanding our candidates has got to be one of the biggest things for us to focus on in terms of engaging candidates. But also in terms of making sure that we retain employees and their happy engaged employees yeah absolutely it's a full life cycle isn't it we can see what people are viewing we can see what they're interested in we can see what questions are coming up we also have employee generated content or what we call our employee stories as well on our websites and we can adapt and adjust quite quickly what we're actually talking about on our websites and what we're actually asking employees to to tell stories about those authentic stories we're talking about so it really is a complete life cycle that supports that insights you just wouldn't get ordinarily
1: so we've talked all through this program and i think for probably many of you listening in or like i was and you heard this because it's it just unlocks all these ideas you start thinking about what this is like and how this would inform your processes and everything else so that's been so wonderful I want to take a step back a little bit and ask you a question just more broadly, right? You've been in this for a couple of years now in the TA world. You've been in HR for quite some time. You, I think you said you're nearing that 20 plus range where you stop counting after that, right? So you. you've been in the, in the field for quite a while. So what advice, what recommendations would you have? I think we've talked about some important themes in the conversations. So you may want to double down on one of those. Hey, just be authentic, be yourself. Don't be afraid to let your people speak up. Or it could be something else we haven't talked about yet. But I'd love to hear from you if you have a piece of advice or recommendation for your peers who are in the space who are also doing the good work that you're doing.
0: Yeah, I think a little bit of what we've talked about is just ensuring that you've really focused on candidate experience and put yourself in the shoes of the candidates in whatever we do. It's that whole process of understanding what candidates are wanting from an employer and that also informs what we should be providing for our employees. So it's not just to candidates, candidate, candidate insights, also employee insights. I would say as well, some of the things that I've seen over my very decades of working in HR and now in talent acquisition is talent management isn't about focusing on those who are high potential or those who are identified as that talent management is it's a strategic priority to focus on the full workforce and to bring that human element to it, to actually be cognizant of the fact that people at different stages of their work cycle, life cycle will want different things from their career. Uh, and be and be very tuned into that and make sure that we individualize the processes so some big things that i've seen certainly over the last 20 years of being a practitioner human resources have very much a focus away from a career has to be one thing it can be many things to many different people and it's so important to bring the elements through through integrated practices through the development that's available. One of the big things that we're actually looking at doing at the moment, Ben, and we've just rolled this out in CoQ Pacific Partners, is taking that a step further, where we've actually integrated a career hub, which supports individuals to be able to explore what their ambitions and aspirations might be, whatever they are, whether they be lateral, whether they're staying in their role and developing the role, whether they want to take a promotional move, and very much try and match their expectations to what what is available in our organisation. So suggest particular career options for them. It might not even be in the same function. We're very much looking at skills-based talents management now. So what can you transfer from one job to another through through networks and suggesting networks to them and also through development programmes. So really enabling what we talk about a lot enabling that person to take charge of their own career but giving them the tools to do that and that's that's a that's really exciting for me and certainly from a talent acquisition point of view as well because what that means is we also get to understand what the internal talent is right and we can also do some far more we're far more integrated in being able to search the talent that we need within an organization and look at it far more from a skills base rather than a role based talent management.
1: Excellent I'm going to for the audience out there, if you missed episode 151 with Kelby Tanzi from Southwest Airlines, some of that stuff that you're talking about there, at least at the end around the, how do we make these sort of opportunities? We're making it very visible outside. How to make sure it's visible inside too to our other people. That episode is all about that. So for those of you listening in, I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. And speaking of the show notes, Lisa, if you're okay with it, I'd love to grab your LinkedIn link and throw that in the show notes so people can follow you, can Just stay up to date on you, if that's okay with you, after the episode. Sounds absolutely
0: fine, Ben, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear from people and obviously keep learning because there's so much going on, right? We don't stand still.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh, goodness. This has been so much fun. I've learned a lot, even though I've heard you share some of these things, I still learned a lot from this conversation. I know the audience has enjoyed it as well. Lisa, thank you so much for being generous with your time. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, Ben.
1: Absolutely. To everybody else out there. Take good notes, as always, put these things into practice, and we'll catch you again next time on We Are Only Human. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit onlyhumanshow.com.